Hey guys, it's Kenise. Sorry this episode is a bit late. I had some issues editing and you'll hear those. Some parts of this are going to be a little bit soft, so just bear with me. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, you'll notice this one is a little bit different. Instead of the normal thing where we walk around town with a person who's chosen their favorite place, this time we're actually doing a social experiment where people ask each other questions in hopes of falling in love. So this all started because my sister sent me an article, 36 Questions to Fall in Love. In it, the author describes a 20-year-old experiment where a man and a woman enter a lab and ask each other 36 questions that stimulate intimacy and ideally spark romantic connection. That old study resulted in a marriage, so the author gave it a try and ended up in a relationship. So I decided to do it. Here it is. This is Love About Town. What were your expectations coming into this? Um, I tried not to have any. Like, I did, I, re- I read the questions um, a couple times probably after you first sent me, you know, that you, you, before you asked me to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I did kind of rehearse, what was I going to say in my mind? What was I going to say when these questions came up? And then I just decided a couple days ago, I was like, no, I'm going to try to just forget what the questions were and just go into this as blind as possible. And overall, how would you rate the experience? Was it something where you learned about someone else, learned a little bit about yourself? Give me just a kind of rundown. Well, it's, it is kind of, I mean, we, we just talked for like two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. And it was a long time. Uh, and yeah, we talked about some pretty personal stuff, but it, you know, it didn't feel terribly invasive. Okay. And it's interesting. It's interesting to just get to know somebody because, you know, sometimes you just meet people and you just talk about mundane shit and um, this is not that no this is this has some very deep dark stuff actually and <laughs> some of it we sort of skirted around and some things we didn't you'll hear the whole thing and okay. you can make up your mind what were your expectations coming into this uh i was nervous i was just kind of nervous but i i trust you and i thought it'd be fun okay. so i did i was like i mean i it's because I, you know, I do social work during the day, so people tell me all sorts of revealing shit, and then I go out to mics and I tell all sorts of revealing shit about myself at night. So it's not like super uncomfortable for me. The question and answer part. Okay. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> all right. Question one. Question one. Uh, given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you want as a dinner guest? It's funny because I heard all these questions earlier. Just to see what I was in for, and I tried to—I tried to eradicate them all from my brain, uh, so I wouldn't get too rehearsed. This is such a film nerd thing to say, but probably Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah, because he's just made so many of my favorite movies in that movie fanatic. So. Well, that's your job, right? You work in film. Yeah. Well, that makes sense then. I guess so. I mean, maybe he'll give me a job. And... Do you think he'd be fun to be around in person, or do you think he'd be like hope weird? So. He's like a decent. Where would you take him for dinner, though? No, he's taking me out to dinner. Oh, yeah, he's, he's like he super rich. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking there. <laughs> that, was a, that was a stupid question. <laughs> where would I uh, take Where would he, t- yeah, or where would you insist that he take you? That's not on the list. I just, Some as a really follow-up. Nice. Like Outback or like No, Morton's? no, no. Like, like Ruth's Chris. No, yeah, you need to get like, be like, oh, this rich person's taking me out. We're going to yeah. Ruth's Chris or Morton's somewhere fancy. See, I don't even know, you know, the names of people. <laughs> well, you've got to learn if you're going to go out to dinner with Steven Spielberg. I suppose so. Uh, Boston or Hollywood. I think that's a good answer. 
Teresa, does this go back? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think we do ask okay. each other. So, All right. same question. So, okay, me. given the choice of anyone uh, in the world, who would you want as a dinner guest? Uh, you know what's okay. So I'm a comic, and like the first question, I'm gonna bum you out like big time, and I'm so bummed that it's the first question. Uh, I would uh, want to take my mom out to dinner because uh, my mom passed away a couple years ago, and I would love to just like sit down with her and because I'd want to like catch her up on our lives and be like, "Where we, we miss you and we love you," but I'd also. And there's like big events, like my sister got married, and I want to be like, Audrey got married. But like most of all, I would want to be like, Bruce Jenner is becoming a woman. Mom, you have to know this. Like, there's so many Kardashian things. She loved all that stuff. So I feel like I would take this opportunity, if like that, the dream opportunity anyone wants to like speak to a lost loved one, mm -hmm. and I would just fill it up with like garbage reality TV shows she missed. Over the last two and a half years. Well, that's what years. she loves. That's what she loves. Yeah, that sounds good. She'd be like, "I love you. You're doing great." Who won American Idol last year? Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> so that's what I would do. Okay. Would you like to be famous, and in what way? Yeah, I have the like every comic pipe dream. I think of like someday this will work out, and I'll get to do comedy all the time. Like I went. With I went to uh, the Wilbur a few years ago uh, to see like the Rockettes or something. It might have been the Wang Theater, one of the two, like one of the big theaters in the theater district to see the Rockettes. My mom got us tickets like a few years ago, and I remember going in and being like, I want to like be on this stage someday and like sell it out and be able to like do an hour here, like so. Yeah, like, yeah. I think every, and you temper those, ex I think you do, infil like, you temper that of, like, oh, no, this is my art, and it's worth it, even if I never make any money at it, but secretly, you're like, God, I really want like to make money at this, yeah, <laughs> I really, really want to be rich from this someday, but you don't tell anyone that, no, man, I do it for the material and for the love of it, but really, being Scrooge McDuck would be, like, pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> I would build a whole, like, guest house of shoes. It's a lot of shoes. It's so many right. shoes. Was it Imelda Marcos? Yes, I would be Imelda Marcos. I would be a combination of Mindy Kaling and Imelda Marcos with Melissa McCarthy thrown in. Like, <laughs> put them all in like a, a blender, like a Vitamix, and that's that's who I want to be when Imelda I grow Marcos, up. Imelda Marcos, Melissa McCarthy, and, and, Mindy, and, and Mindy Kaling. Yeah, all in a Vitamix. Actually, a friend of mine went to high school. Oh, yes, she's from around here. Yeah. Was she really nice? I hope she was. I never met her, but... Did your friend say... Uh, just lie. Yes. You know, oh, I knew was she was nice. Yeah, I'm so glad. Wicked nice. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it in my heart. All right, so next is... What would constitute a perfect day for you? Hmm. I wake up whenever I damn well please. <laughs> Probably summertime if it's a perfect day for me. Mm -hmm. So, even though I like golf course, I could deal with summertime right now. I spent the last yeah. three weekends shoveling. Yep. <laughs> uh, probably go to the beach, um, frolic around in the water for a while, hopefully with good company. Uh, have a lot of laughs because I like to laugh.
food. Um, <laughs> let me see. I'm not sure what I have here on the day, but for dinner I want a steak again. I want a nice steak, mm -hmm. but for an appetizer I want scallops with bacon. That's oh like yeah. My I think for company, you know, whoever I'm seeing at the moment, yeah. hopefully someone I love, you know, but also for, during the day, some family and friends too, just as long as it's good people having a good time and uh, yeah, hopefully just lots of laughing and uh, go home, get busy and fall into a blissful sleep. That's not a bad day. Yeah, that's a pretty much perfect day. That's a good day. What beach? Hmm. Well, I like a lot of beaches, but the nicest beach I've ever been to was, uh, what was the name? It was called Cathedral Cove, and it's in New Zealand or something. Wow. The North Island of New Zealand it just has these beautiful rock formations and cool trees, and there's a cave you can walk through, and the water's just like crystal clear. Oh, kayaking man. Kayaking and stuff, and it's just gorgeous, gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah, so, yeah, I go there. When did you go there? Uh, for about six or seven years ago. I lived in New Zealand for a year and a half. Oh, wow. Was that for school? or? No, no. Just to go? Just to go. I got a, I got a work visa over there, and I uh, went, and I stayed longer than I thought I was going to, because I loved it. And then I went to Australia after that for a year, and, uh, and then I came back. Why'd you pick there? Because they were generous with their visas. <laughs> um, the only. Uh, I'd always wanted to go to New Zealand anyway. It just always awesome to me, and it was better than I even thought it was going to be. Wow. And uh, they speak English, which is good yep. because I, I, it's good in Spanish in school, but I would have I'd lost so much of it. Yeah. And uh, I go to a foreign country where I didn't even speak. I have a good grasp of the language for a year, would have been. A lot. A lot. More than I was willing to pull off at that time. Yes. <laughs> so, so I went and I had a great time. That's pretty damn cool. That's really cool. So, oh, so uh, uh, yeah, what would constitute a perfect day for you? I... I feel like we had to do this as like an icebreaker in high school, that question. And my answer, I think, has has changed very little. <laughs> in high school, I said, uh, going to an amusement park with NSYNC. And I, <laughs> I think now I would, I would still, I'd go to Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia. Uh, and I would have my family and my friend, like all just like rent the place out and like have all my family and friends there and just spend the day going on all the roller coasters. Wally World. Well, yeah, just do everything there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just rent the place out and just do whatever I want. But then I would see, I'd have it catered too. And I'd have, yeah, I would have my favorite Italian place in DC cater it. It's called Philomena. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know it's super Italian, because it's really tacky inside. It looks like like my aunt's house. Like there's any surface that could have a doily on it has a doily. And the the wall, there's like a whole wall of mirrors. And there's like a Venus de Milo statue right in the lobby and everything. 
candles in the bottles. Oh, everything. Okay. Oh, the whole place. And then each holiday they over decorated. So I went home near Easter and like the Venus statue like hung Easter eggs from her hands and her ears. And they had like a big stuffed Easter bunny in a plastic airplane like hanging from the corner. But they didn't get rid of any of the other decorations. So it was like already over decorated and then they just shoved Easter on top of it. So I was like, this is this is the place for you. Real Italians yeah. own this place because it's so tacky. And so the food is incredible. So I would have Philomena cater M's Wally World Day at Bush Gardens. Because they have all the best roller coasters. And I feel like I should have like a more sophisticated day at 30, but like still I'd be like, Bush Gardens and spaghetti. Yeah, I was gonna say, what were you what would be the meals? The, okay, chicken parm. Mm -hmm. Uh they make a great chicken farm uh, with spaghetti. They also make like homemade ravioli and stuff. And they do homemade fried ravioli. And then they have this hazelnut cake that is the best cake anyone has ever made in the history of ever. And then they give you Sambuca and Amaretto shots at the end of the meal. And Oh yeah, it's so good. It's actually, I took my parents when they came. I lived in DC for seven years. And uh, I took my parents when they came to visit. And it's below uh, like a sex toy shop, like so, they you can't hey, you can't. Yeah, well, it's funny because it just has the sign Philomena, but it's under like the display window for the sex toy store. So I'm walking up with my parents. And I was like, "You're gonna love this place. This is my favorite place." One stop shop. And my dad, we get to the window. My dad was like, "Where the hell did you? This is so inappropriate. I can't believe you. Your mother's very embarrassed." And I was like, "No, no, we're going downstairs." And I was like. I just still want you to know we're not happy with this and the food had better be really good. Because I'm not eating in a sex toy store if the, if the spaghetti isn't good. So, that's, that's what my day would be. Minus the sex toy store that my dad could complain about. <laughs> uh, okay. When did you last sing to yourself and to someone else? Well, I was in chorus, so I sing all the time. Uh, so you can like actually sing. Mm, I can high school chorus sing. <laughs> uh, probably some at some point yesterday. Probably in my car. What do you? Wait, play? did I drive? No, I didn't drive it. Stayed home all day. Yeah, I did. So Friday. Let's say Friday. I think I was. I think I know what I was singing to myself because my roommate plays guitar, he's on this little Rolling Stones kick, so he goes into his room and practicing Wild Horses okay. over that or, or Patience by Guns N' Roses. Those two songs just over and over and over again, so I probably sang a few lines from Wild Horses to myself, either in my apartment or in my car. Uh, the last time I sang to another person. Hmm. I think I know. I think it was last summer, and I went to a karaoke bar with some friends, and I sang Dock of the Bay badly. Otis Redding. Yeah. I love Otis Redding. Yeah, yeah. It's a good song, and it's within my range, so I can pull it off, but I, I, I voice my favorite. Were you drunk? 
was not drunk. I was, I was comfortably in evening. I was like probably three drinks in. Right. But I was not drunk. Um, I don't need to be drunk to say Yeah, I don't need to. I can do that after days and days of sobriety. Yeah. Um, it runs in my family. What's your, what's your go-to karaoke song? Probably Doc of the Day. Really? <laughs> yeah. Or what are some of the other ones? Uh, Angel of Harlem. I try. I try to just pick something at random. Mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you last sing to yourself? To myself in my car all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, the CD I have in my car today uh, is uh, Planet Pit by Pitbull. <laughs> so I was singing mm -hmm. uh, Pitbull. I, I don't, I love, I love Pitbull and I know he's ridiculous, but that's why I love him. Because he's not, he's very, very sincere mm -hmm. in his ridiculousness. And that's what I like, that he's like, this is me. Mm -hmm. And here you go, Mr. Worldwide, you're welcome. And I just well. love it so much. I love yeah. how ridiculous, I just love it. And my sister and I, I took her, I surprised her last Christmas and took mm -hmm. her to a Pitbull concert. So she and I like, yeah. love Pitbull so much. So, but normally it's like it's Bon Jovi or New Kids on the Block. I play in my car all the time. But uh, which, which songs in particular? I love, well, Living on a Prayer is my favorite song like of all time ever. Mm -hmm. You said it's uh, been your ringtone. It's been my ringtone for eight years. Eight years. Yeah. <laughs> Since I got the phone and knew that you could get ringtones on your phone, I was like, oh, I, I know. And they were like, you can have many more. And I was like, I don't need. I don't need many more. I need this one. Uh, I haven't changed it since. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I, I love that. I've seen Bon Jovi like maybe, I think nine times maybe in concert. Wow. I, every time they tour. Like a fish fan. I love yeah. I love. I just they do such. A, I mean, they're, the guy's like in his fifties and he jumps around on the stage for two and a half hours. Like that's impressive. So and, that uh, are a lot of yes. It's probably well, that. Knows, it's probably that. Yes, to burst the Bon Jovi bubble. It's probably. That. But I, I love, I love Bon Jovi. So all the old, like, uh, I love. Um, what I look, I, I mostly my sister says my taste in music is uh, screaming to electric guitar. So, I like all like '80s hair bands. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love. I'm trying to. Think, I love like every. Bon Jovi, except I love all their ballads, except Always. I don't yeah. like that much because it sounds, it's just like, me. like was a little squealy. But I like I'll Be There For You, I think is a really pretty ballad. And uh, Never Say Goodbye and Bed of Roses. But I just, yeah, I just love them and I think they're great. Uh, Bad Medicine was what I named my first car. I remember so. my uh, second grade <laughs> teacher actually let us listen to. Really? Because they didn't really have any dirty lyrics or anything. No, not really. Not really. So she was cool. She sounds like the coolest teacher. In retrospect, yeah. I had her for two years. Mrs. Schultz, she was nice. Bon Jovi indoor recess. But we had to like, but we had to like put headphones on. We had like a little tape deck. Jacket. Plug in. So you'd all like sit in front of it? We'd all sit around in a 
and listen to Bon Jovi. <laughs> Slippery when wet. Oh. You give love a bad name. I'm trying to think yep. of everything. So that was slippery. Yeah. It's a we great. didn't have time to get to No. We were nine. <laughs> you don't need to dive in head first. Yeah. You can stay shallow with it at nine. Mm -hmm. I uh, I love them. Uh, but oh, the last time I sang to someone else. Yeah. Uh, we have a show. My friends run every Saturday night at the dugout in Brighton, which is a great show. And so my friend Adam, who was one of the guys who ran it, uh, ran, uh, moved away, ran away, ran away to Austin and abandoned us all. Uh, so we had like a big, his last show, everybody came out and we all stayed after in the dugout and they have a jukebox. And so we were playing songs and I put in, uh, I want to know what love is by Foreigner. And we all sang it to each other along with uh, Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. So that was what we all serenaded each other with last Saturday night. It was really beautiful. We're a bunch of drunk comics. I am lucky that where I work, we get to listen to Spotify all day. Oh, that's nice. But, you know, we have very diverse tastes within the shop. Do you wear headphones or do you hear Oh, no, it's everyone hears Oh. So, it gets interesting sometimes because sometimes someone will put something on that someone just absolutely despises and they'll run up and try to change it. Oh, so it's like one Spotify for you all? Yeah. So you all have to agree so on So we'll music. have to go on and mess with it and, you know, find something to, I don't know, give everyone a little chance to breathe and get what they like. But, uh, yeah. Does anything get vetoed? Oh, yeah, Are you like, nope, the I'm sorry. Have, have veto power. <laughs> they do. Can't have too many dirty words. Or they just don't like it. Like, I put on YouTube once and my manager hates YouTube. Right off. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that. Uh, oh, I hate. Oh, this is a terrible question. Uh, do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? No. No. <laughs> no. There are ways. I hope I don't die. <laughs> but I don't. Nah. I don't have a hunch. I'll just let it happen. I might not have a choice. <laughs> I, uh, I guess none of I us do, none really. Of us really do. So, so no. thinking about it is. Yeah, I don't like to think. I don't either. So you have a hunchback? Well, I think based on family history, mm -hmm. you kind of know, like, what's... Ev in store. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, we all, everybody knows what's in store based on family history. So I would like to... I mean, my family all, all kind of... It's all, like, been, like, cardiac for everybody in my family. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, quick. So... Yeah, we have a mixed bag in mind. So oh, got, so you I don't got, know. Got, yeah, you don't even want to think about it, yeah. It's, yeah, I don't like thinking about that stuff either. I'll get thinking about it, and like you like go down the rabbit hole, and you're like, well, I gotta get myself out of this. Yeah. We can't, can't think about this anymore. I'm just gonna pretend it's never gonna happen, because that's how all of us are able to live and not kill ourselves <laughs> with out of fear. Mm -hmm. That was that was dark. Well, I got very dark. <laughs> it's about death. It kind of has to be, doesn't it? I don't like that question. <laughs> Boo. Okay. Uh, Okay, so we're supposed to name three things uh, we appear to have in common okay. so far. So far. Uh, we both like comedy. We both like comedy. We both like Bon Jovi. We both like Bon Jovi. And we both like Italian. Yes. Those are perfect. And fourth is that we're both excellent people based on our likes. <laughs> All right. 
Wait, uh, no, you have to answer that too? I know I agree with all oh, of yours. Okay. That's number five. We agree on things. Look at that. I like all of those things. Uh, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? My family. I'm really, really lucky. I met some people with some pretty terrible <laughs> family yep. situations. Thankfully, I don't have that. Yeah. I think especially, I get along with both, I have two big sisters, and I get along with both of them really well. So your family is you, your sister, mom, dad, two sisters, two sisters. mom, dad, mm -hmm. and you're the youngest. Yeah. Did they torture you growing up? Nothing terrible. Nothing really bad. A little embarrassing things. <laughs> especially when you're the little boy. Right. With two big sisters. Like, We're going to dress him up. <laughs> yes, exactly that. <laughs> sisters did put me, I have no recollection of this whatsoever, but one of my sisters put me in the washing machine, oh my God. didn't turn it on, but then she couldn't get me out. <laughs> so this is what she said. I have Were no, your parents home? I don't know. Eventually I did get out. <laughs> um, but yeah, she So you must have been really little. Yeah. I mean, I was probably a toddler. I, I don't... <laughs> she put me in the washing machine. I, did, I, I mean, I made it. I made it out. I don't remember it at all. But she's uh, felt guilty about it ever since, and I just got to let her feel that. Absolutely. Because, well, I threw up my car once, so. Are you guys even now? I think so. Does she have kids now? Yes, yeah, she does. Are you like, stay away from washing machines? I don't think she'd ever do it again. Basically. Let's hope. I think my niece might do that to my nephew. Actually, no, they're too close in age. He wouldn't stand Good. She was a lot. She's like nine years older than me, so I. Had oh yeah, you didn't have a choice. No. You were going in the washing machine no matter mm -hmm. what. <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember. So whatever. Who she, told? The good thing. She who told? told me. She had that was that was punch. dumb. She should have kept it a secret. You never would have known. Yeah. And now you'll never let her no, forget it. No, I won't. Big mistake on her part. She could never be a super villain. No. She wouldn't I'm get away with it. She has her moments, but she has too much guilt. We all do. <laughs> Leading Catholic guilt. Yeah. Ah, oh, there it is. Uh, okay, there for is. what are you? Uh, my family, too. Mm. Uh, if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Mm. Well, my parents will never hear this. Uh, <laughs> my dad doesn't know what a podcast is, so I'm I fine, too. I would have wanted to be raised with like healthier habits like eating and exercise habits like we never like I have friends who are like yeah we should go on like bike rides together and like eat salads and stuff and I was like oh middle school was much easier for you than it was for me yeah. you didn't get called meatball every day <laughs> so I wish uh I wish we'd had that and my sister does too because she's she's a nurse practitioner now too and she's like it's so much easier when like you have that in your life when you're little and yeah. you grow up with it, then yeah, to have to really like have correct it as an adult. So. I had to undo a lot of that. Which is hard, so. I think, right? It's hard. Oh, yeah. It's so much harder. But it takes discipline and practice. Practice yeah. more than anything, because if you don't do it, yep. it's hard. You'll fall back, right? Yeah, so I wish I wish we had that. Yeah. Less micro magic cheeseburgers and fries. <laughs> and more sports, because we'd be like, I don't like sports. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, okay, don't do sports, do whatever you want. 
they were not like doing. They were like you know we're not derelicts. They raised two kids with master's degrees, so they did fine. Yeah. But like I wish that had been different. Um, Do you feel guilty like saying stuff you wish your parents? Because you're like no. Oh, I, I, <laughs> Know here. That Catholic uh, guilt is gone yeah, immediately. I, I was never confirmed, so it's, <laughs> oh, so it's just sort of latent. <laughs> just sort of in the background, but it's always there. <laughs> I got confirmed because my dad said my mom would yell at him if I didn't. I came the home. Cat, and, see, there's that guilt. I came home and I was like, you know, they told us to really think about it and see if we really want to do that. And my dad goes, you're not thinking about anything. You're going to just shut up and do it. We'll have a party for you, we'll have a cake. Just do it, or your mother's never going to let me hear the end of it. She's going to say it was my fault, and I somehow told you you didn't have to do it, so just do it. So when we were in church, they were like, are you doing this of your own volition? And my dad was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Praise Jesus. All right, what's next? Oh, okay, so this is the four-minute one. So let me, oh. I'm going to take out my phone stopwatch. All right, I'm going to have a big scoop of soup. Yes. Maybe two. Yeah, I'm taking two. It's good soup, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, so let me, ooh. All right, ready? So I'm gonna start the stopwatch. And you are going to take four minutes to tell me your life story in as much detail as possible. Okay. Ready? Ready. Go. Okay, I was born in Boston at the St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Brighton. How old are you? I'm 36. I'm 36. Uh, I don't think I, like a 36-year-old was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of my friends are, or most, but I'd say at least half of my friends are married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, of course now it's mid-30s, so the divorce is coming in. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. My oldest sister uh, is on marriage number two. Uh, so I was, I was a little hesitant because the first marriage he was a nice guy. It just didn't work out. Right. My brother-in-law now is much better off for her and two kids, and it's great. Yeah. Um, let me see. Growing up, uh, I sort of tried sports, a few sports when I was little. Um, but I think because right around the time I was trying sports, my vision started to go. Okay. Um, yeah. So like the, I tried hockey and I was terrible at it. Um, and it's hard. It's hard on your feet. Yeah. Um, your ankles too, right? Yeah. Like, and I weighed what, like 40 pounds. And it <laughs> um, but I tried that. I tried baseball. Which is, I don't know. I wasn't good, so they would always stick me in left field. Which, when you're in little league, when you're eight, <laughs> the ball never makes it to left field. So no. they, they put me out there. It was hot. And I was like, screw that. Uh, I was kind. Of, I was smart in elementary school. Uh, kind of a teacher's pet. Um, and then I went to middle school and it all went to hell. <laughs> well, it didn't all go to hell. It, uh, I just, uh, when I was 12, I uh, went to school in the town next door. It was where my mom taught. Okay. And uh, she always made it sound like it was the most wonderful school in the world. And that, you know, 
Well, it would be great if I would love it. I hated it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. I missed my friends. That was also the year I was, oh, yeah. I was, I was alone in the house for the first time because both my sisters. sisters were away at college. So yeah. I just had too much time to myself. And I was at a school that I really liked. Away from all your friends. And I, yeah, away from all my friends. Or it was like, I, I still lived near a bunch of them, but I couldn't see them at school every day. And it was just... Yeah. This sucks. And right around that time, I really got into movies. And that's when it became my thing. And that's never stopped. Um, uh, let me see. Australia, New Zealand. Oh, yeah. That's later on. Okay, so anyway, I went to high school. Both my sisters did, like, drama and music. So, and yeah. my, my dad did, too. My mom never really did. But. So I would do shows and stuff at school. Um, eventually, I went to college in North Carolina for film. So I lived in LA for three years, wow. and I did sort of production work, but I didn't really like living there. Yeah. Uh, then I came back to Massachusetts. I got my bartending certificate, and then I I worked. I saved up some money, and I decided to go to New Zealand because it looked awesome. Um, and they were generous with the work visas. I went there, had an amazing time, uh, and just met a lot of really cool people yeah. from all over the mm -hmm. world. It's amazing how fast you become really close friends with people in that sort of environment, which is weird because yeah. a lot of people can go really quickly. Yeah. But uh, just met awesome people. We got to do a lot of crazy stuff. Um, bungee jumping, I went skydiving. Wow. Uh, scuba diving. Uh, and then after that, I came back to Boston uh, in my 30s. <laughs> And it was weird because I had really, uh, one of my sisters came to visit me while I was away, um, but my other sister was just having two little kids, yeah. so she, you know, they couldn't go anywhere. My parents weren't going to come that far. It's what, like an 18-hour flight or something like that? Total transit probably, with no delays, would probably be about 24 hours. Wow. And it's expensive and it's a really long And way. how many layovers? Do you have to have like two layovers? Uh, probably two. I mean, you can get a direct flight to, you know, probably LA or San Francisco and then from there to... But it's exhausting. And yeah, I mean, it didn't bother me, but my parents were yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, didn't expect them to. But when they was, had you later, because they were older when they had you, right? Yes. So. Yeah, they were really curious when they Yeah. I was a surprise. <laughs> um, so then I came back, and uh, it was weird because I had been because I've been away for so long, and I uh, all of a sudden I was like, wow, everyone's living a real run of reality. Yeah. And it took me a long time to sort of get used to that again. Right. Because, you know, I had sick relatives. I had relatives who were going through divorces. Yeah. Uh, my sister was raising two kids, and that's not easy. No. Um, and so it was very different when you get back. Very different. Yeah. And uh, I was just thrust right in the middle of it. Um, and, it was, and my friends had gotten older, too. A lot of my friends were, that came back, they were getting married. And, uh, I also... Uh, Within like a week of getting back, I, I, I met a girl and, you know, got together pretty quickly and it was weird to all of a sudden be like, I'm 30 and I have a girlfriend and all my yeah. friends, we all go out together as couples. And it was like, After this whole different life yeah, for years. completely year. different life. And um, I was like, is this a Friends episode? What did we get? <laughs> it, was, it was odd and it took me a long time to adjust back to that. And, yeah. Uh, and now, like five years later, like... Some of the people in our little world don't even talk to each other anymore. Some of them moved yeah. west. I broke up with that girl. Yeah. I think she's, well, 
she's somewhere else. Uh, and anyway, it was an amicable, amicable breakup. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it wasn't gonna last. Yeah. So then I've just been working. I moved to. Uh, I was at home too for a while. Um, and it took a long. Of course, I also came home in the middle of a recession. Yeah. So it was it was hard to get working. Oh, I bet it was. You to have to get a full time job. Yeah. And, um, but I did. And then I was eventually able to save up and be able to make enough to be in my own, apartment. Yeah. So I moved into Boston and uh, been there since the summer. And uh, it's been great adjusting to city life. Yeah. Um, but I love it. So it's good. Uh, I wish there were more to do in sort of like neighborhood. Yeah. I live in Dorchester, which is huge. But it's a lot of residential. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice enough neighborhood, but it's not really a whole lot to do. It's not like this, yeah. No, I guess I could start playing hockey again. <laughs> it comes that way, but no one wants me on the hockey. It's, it's just bad. Um, so I also got into uh, improv and sketch comedy when I came back in Boston. Very cool. Uh, IB? Uh, IA. Uh, improv Alston, right? Is that right? Uh, improv Asylum. Oh, improv. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend went there for her bachelorette. Yeah. Do you still do that? I haven't been there for a year, uh, but I, I did, like, their, their improv program and sketch writing. And I had a great time doing it, but then this past year I've just been so busy with moving and uh, yeah. just adjusting to everything. And also helping out my parents. They had some health problems, but they're, they're okay now. Okay. Um, but hopefully I'd like to do more of that just to get my creative juices flowing. Cause, yeah. Because I had a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, you know, I've worked on films and stuff, but it's, it, it kind of sucks when you're not actually on the creative end. Right. You're not just, like, pushing buttons or moving to the creative end. Yeah. Or, but actually calling the shots and that. I miss that. So yeah. hopefully this year I'll be able to... Uh, get back into it. Get back into that. Very cool. Are we, are we at four minutes? Oh, we're at uh, eight minutes and 43 seconds. Oh, wow. I stopped timing because I was listening. Like, it was, oh, okay. I liked hearing about you, so I All right. stopped timing. Should I, should I do it up? I'll do it on my phone. Yeah, okay. Okay. Oh, my phone's <laughs> We can use mine. Yeah. Two minutes left. Yeah, give me the light at two minutes. <laughs> All, right. All right. Go. Okay, so I uh, am 30. I was born in Worcester. Um, my parents lived there, and then we moved to uh, Melrose up until I was like in fourth grade. Then we moved to Danvers, which is where I basically grew up. I hated it. Uh, and I liked Melrose. I liked, I was uh, always. Like, I was always a smart kid, but I've always, I've, uh, a lot of ADHD. So I've always been, like, kind of all over the place. Uh, but more, like, wacky and less troublemaker. Like, I was never like, let me break shit and punch people. I was just like, I want to do eight things at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, so when I was little, uh, I was in a preschool program that was, uh, half verbal advanced kids and half like verbally like kids who were behind hoping that the verbal advanced kids would like bring them up so yeah. I was like they met they were like we have to do several screenings and they met me like once and they're like yeah she's she talks enough that she yes. could be in the verbal advance so uh, 
I talked like a lot. Like they thought my sister, they thought Audrey was deaf when she was bored because she just wasn't talking. And my parents took her to the pediatrician and I walked in and was like, I'm Emily and this is Audrey and she doesn't talk so my parents think she's deaf and blah. And they were, the doctor said, he looked in her ears and then he looked at me and said, she's your problem. If you can get her to shut up, Audrey will start talking. And so my parents would have to be like, Em, Em, honey, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> shut up, honey. Like, honey, you gotta shut up. And then Audrey started talking. Uh, but so I was always kind of like a yakasaurus, uh, like my dad. So my dad's like very talkative and he's, he's never done comedy, but he's always been very, very funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom was a therapist. And she was funny too. She had like a really funny, like sharp sense of humor. She was really smart. And uh, so I had really like great fun parents. And like, so in school, like I got made fun of and I didn't have a lot of friends and it sucked. But like, we'd always go on family vacations together and have like lots of fun and we'd go to Lake, Lake George every year. Um, and we'd always, I think that's why I like amusement parks because we'd always like go on amusement park vacations. Mm-hmm. And my sister was always afraid. Oh yeah, we go to Riverside. We went to La Ronde when I was little. We went down to Williamsburg. We never went anywhere. Williamsburg was the furthest south we ever went, and then La Ronde was the furthest north because my sister was afraid to fly, so we would just drive everywhere on vacation, which was kind of cool because you spend twelve hours in a car together. We like, you get to bond. That wouldn't work. We, <laughs> we never. I think if we were boys, it wouldn't have because we would have like thrown each other through a window probably. But I mean, like, we never, like, got physical. We'd fight. We'd, like, snip at each other. But, like, it was, I mean, we'd have fun in the car. And uh, so, like, we had a lot of, like, closeness. We'd just have fun together. So that was always great that even though I was, like, bullied at school, like, I'd go home and have, like, a nice, like, supportive, fun family. Uh, So I, okay, I always thought I wanted to do uh, politics. So I went to school for, uh, I went to Suffolk undergrad uh, for political science. Uh, went down to did student government to make friends made friends they told me about these seminars down in DC that they were all going on I started going uh, and then I did an internship on the hill down there for a semester oh, wow. I loved it my roommates were great I met a girl who was from Suffolk uh, we had one class together we were like let's be roommates and she lives in Sweden now and I just went to visit her in September another one I'm gonna go see her next weekend she lives down there she's a baby and a husband I was in her wedding so like made like really great friends down in DC we all went back to our respective schools to finish moved back to DC I lived there for seven years and I loved it but I hated my jobs like I thought I have political science degree make me a congresswoman and like everyone there has that degree so I was like doing secretarial work and hated it and then uh, started working on a suicide hotline and really liked that Decided to go to school for social work, uh, got my master's in social work, and then my mom passed away uh, three days after I graduated. She came down for my graduation. She came to one of my comedy shows, and she died two hours later. So uh, my dad said when they did the autopsy, he said the doctor asked if she had seen any bad comedy right before she died. Oh, my God. But so I I moved... (laughs) So I stayed for another year, and I was working at this job that I hated, mm-hmm. like answering phones uh, for like home care. So like old people calling me to complain that they thought their like aid was stealing from them, and I was like, this sucks. So I contacted some of my mom's friends up here, and a good friend of my mom was working where I'm working now, and got me the interview. I, my dad came down, helped me pack up. We drove up. I had the interview. We got in at like 9 o'clock at night. I had the interview at 9 a.m. the next morning, 12 hours after I was back. 
-hmm. got the job, emergency mental health crisis work, and they made me their primary kid clinician because I'm good with kids, I guess. And uh, I do that, and I love it. And I've been doing stand up. Oh, stand up. I mean, we're done. Stand up five years. Five, five years uh, oh. doing stand up. Uh, and I love it. So, and I've been doing good. So, I like it. So, that's me, basically. Cool. You got in earlier than I did. I did. <laughs> but I'm older, so. You are. You had more, yeah, you had more to talk about. Five, that's five true. and a half. Five and a half. <laughs> um, okay. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? This is a good one. This is a good one. I don't know. We can go ridiculous. Like, we can go superhero, I think. Yeah. There's no, like, question police. I don't know. Yell at us. This is, this is, this is a good question. <laughs> oh, fine. I'll go silly then. Go uh, silly. Yeah. I want to fly, damn it. <laughs> like, awesome. with a jetpack or with No, wings? I want to jetpack. I just want to fly. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be really cold, awesome. but it would be pretty cool. <laughs> if you could get, the, if you can fly, they can make jackets that could cover your wings. Yeah, I can see it's good. It's like growing old. I or just that, a vest. I want thirty-year-old brain with the robot parts. I don't care. I mean, <laughs> yeah, fly over stuff. I like to fly. That's a good one. That sounds like fun. But yeah, I almost got super serious with that. Like, you can go fun with it. Yeah. What's, what was the super serious one you were going to do? Uh, I, don't, I couldn't make up my mind. That's, Between. No, I'm skipping that. No, 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 I wouldn't. No, there's, no, there's no question, police. I wish I were better disciplined. Put it that way. If we're going to do self-improvement, okay. character improvement, I wish I were more disciplined than I am. That's a good one. So you? Uh, time travel. Uh-huh. Because I would want to, like... I would like to see the past. I don't want to see the future. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing the future. I would love to see. I would love to see them both. I'd love to like go back and see what ancient Rome looked like, yeah. or see a dinosaur, and like I would just love to like see like instead of reading about things in history, like be able to like man, I wish I could have seen that. I wish I could have gone here, and then I would love to see the future to see like what does this become or how do they hey. reflect upon us in the future. Mm -hmm. So I would love like that stuff. You know, time travel and then serious. I would probably go with yours too. I would go with discipline, I think. Like focus and discipline, like the ability to just like, because I had a hard time in grad school, like getting through papers and I would just, oh my god, I had to, I acted like I was a prisoner of war. I was like, who did this to me and is making me write this page? Like, I wish I could just be like, I can sit down and do exactly, like, no problem, this paper's done. And I eat quinoa this week. I wish I could let be that person, I think. Okay. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth, wow, could tell you the truth about yourself, your oh, life, God. and the future or anything else, what would you want to know? That everything will be just fine. <laughs> That's all I want. You seem resentful of the question. But the nope. crystal ball could guarantee it. And then I could chill out a lot more. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Because then you look back and you're like, man, I didn't need to worry about stuff and I spent a lot of time worrying mm -hmm. and I should have just relaxed. I think it's like, it's like those, you know, those, if you could see the future, would you? And then everything goes wrong because you saw it. Well, yeah, I watched too many movies. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly, exactly what you thought. Nothing good ever if comes If you get to that. see, yeah, that's yeah, always the bad. The future always fucks things up. It's, you know, it's, yeah. Yep. Then Biff gets in the time machine. <laughs> it ruins everything. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. No. I wouldn't ruin anything in my time machine. Step on the cricket. And I wouldn't step on anything. I wouldn't even get off of the telepad. 
I think I stole that from Stewie Griffin. I think that's what his time machine had. I would just look around and go, okay, I didn't touch anything. No one saw me. Oh, is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time, and why haven't you done it? Hmm. Yeah. I do love to act. I do love to perform. I've never, like, given a shot at it. Why not? I don't know. I, I'd be afraid I'd like it too much, and that uh, I know some actors, and they live, it's tough. Yeah, it's not an easy living. It's not an easy living at all. Um, but then again, like, I've been on sets and stuff. You know, real artists who are sets, and I look at what people are doing, it's like, I like it too fast. It's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's kind of a scary proposition. Because there's so much instability and yeah. insecurity in that. Yeah, as opposed to, you know, the real stable world of something. <laughs> right now, so. You know, maybe someday I'll say, what the hell, but... Yeah. So you? I don't know. I think about... I would love to... You know what I really want to do is live, like, completely on my own for a while. Like, no roommates, nothing, nobody and just like have my own place and like decorate it however I want and like just have a space that's just mine. And I haven't done it, I think just because financially, like around here, you just can't. Like if I want to live in like Bohunkville, Texas, I could do it, but in Boston, you can't. It's very hard. <laughs> I know, I'd always, but I always thought like, what, what would it like, my friends who have had their own place, it's always like a broom closet studio they have, but I'm like, oh, this would be cool to like, just be able to do everything on my own and see what that would be like. Yeah. So, that's mine, I think. I, I would like to. I think I, yeah, I think but I could. it's hard around here. No, it's, it's crazy. Well, all of, everybody I work with, everybody lives with roommates or is married and their yes. husband makes a lot of money so they can do it and like, it's hard. Like, my boss always says, she's like, we're not here for the money, we're here for the clients. So I give it some money would like, it would be nice to like, you know, I could also be that, maybe. So I was like, grad school didn't let me pay them in kindness to clients. They also called, they called me asking for money the other day. And uh, I did that. In co did you do that in college? Like you phone bank to alumni? Yeah, and it's terrible. And they give you a script yeah. that was like, the girl called me ma'am like 18 times. So I was already like, no, <laughs> I'm not. Oh, you mean asking for like yeah, donations? donations, but she called me ma'am. And oh, I was like, I'm only 30. Like no, 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 no. This was like, Donations. Oh yeah, my school's getting nothing. 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 Yeah, so they, they. And I love my school. But, but no, yeah, I did that too. Of like, you have to call. And she called me ma'am like a million times, and I was like, no to that already. Yeah. And uh, but she was like, she went through the questions of like, hey, you know, we're just asking, did you know that only five percent of alumni give back? And I was like, I'm not surprised by that at all. And she goes, well, and I kept saying no, and she kept going, well, was your major helpful to you? And I said, yeah, that's why I paid you fifty thousand dollars for it. It better be helpful. Like, you didn't give me a degree and then ask for donations later. I paid you for it. You didn't do me a favor. And she was like, well, okay, bye. What? Oh. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Boom. I'm waiting for the music to start again. <laughs> <laughs> it's too cool. Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay. okay. <laughs> no serious questions without music. Um, being able to go to the other side of the world and and get a job in my field when I was there. 
Yeah, that's pretty big. Without knowing anybody. Yeah, that's really big. That was huge. I would say that's huge for anybody. It was an incredibly difficult job, but yeah, that was huge. Well, that's one of those things you could say, like, I earned this. Like, nobody helped me. No, like, yeah. I had everything working against me, and I still did it. Yeah. That's mine. So far. That's a good one. Yeah, maybe I'll say, oh, my children, my children. No. Yeah. Whatever. Moving to, even when you have children, you're going to be like, Dad was cool once. Yeah. And he moved <laughs> to New Zealand. What have you done, Timmy? And he'll be like, I'm eight. I haven't done anything. You'll be like, exactly. I have. Remember that. <laughs> so what is your greatest achievement? Uh, my master's was mm -hmm. for me because I've, I, I've always done well in school. I always did well in school when it was easy. Because I've been lucky that I was always, like, kind of, like, smart with school. Like, I could pick stuff up quick and remember stuff. So, school was always pretty easy for me. Grad school was not. And you couldn't, like, where you can kind of BS in high school and undergrad, you can't in grad school. So, it was really, really hard for me. And, uh, and some, by some miracle, got through it. And uh, my dad told me after my mom passed away, and I didn't know this, but he said that when my sister and I were little, my mom used to talk about, like, her dreams for us and she'd be like oh they'll go to grad school here and maybe this Audrey will do this and Emily will do this so like her vision for the future for us always included us both getting our masters and uh I think my parents thought that was going to happen <laughs> none of us got it none of us well it's I mean it's just a parents, lot of loans both my parents have masters degrees none of, yeah none but to be fair sure. when they did you could pay it off much easier True. it's not loans for 150 years True. like it is now my sister and I both got ours uh, within a week of each other. Oh, so that was, party. yeah, that was really, although she was up here in Boston and I was down <coughs> in D.C., but my parents, like, back-to-back -back graduation weekends. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really nice to be able to do that and know that, like, that was really important to her and that she was there for my graduation and she got to see that, like, I accomplished that and she wanted me to. Awesome. Yeah, when I walked across the stage, it was a huge, you know, the big universities have, like, the big yeah. giant graduations and I wore, like, these Big Which school was it? Giant George Mason down in Virginia. Okay. It's a state school. It was really good. Um, I wear these big, giant, glittery heels. I watch a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race, so I love like big drag queen heels on stage and stuff. So I wore them so she could see me in like the crowd of everybody. And I like they were sitting right above the stage, and uh, I looked up and waited. I got like choked up, but I was like, my parents are here and are seeing me do this, and my mom's so thrilled that I did this, and I'm. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, God, this was, I like up until like two days before, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to turn the paper in. I don't know if I'm going to pass. I don't know what's going to happen. So I was like, that's the thing that was the hardest for me to do. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, holy oh, shit, I did it. I have dreams all the time that like I didn't do it. And they come in and they're like, we're taking back your degree. <laughs> and if you had, if I had yeah, to do it again, it's there, it's there and I'm, no one's taking it. But if I had to do it again, I, I, there's no way. There's no way I can do it again. <laughs> And I never will. Uh, what is your most treasured memory? I think it was my sister's first wedding. Really? <laughs> it was watching uh, my parents got up and dance. They did like the parents of the bride. Yeah. You know, everyone cleared the dance floor. Um, and they the did. Bride, and they danced and you just knew that they loved each other. Yeah. And uh, that it wasn't going away. Yeah. That they always tell each other. Yeah, it was a very nice. Thing. That's really nice. How long have they been married? Oh, math. <laughs>
46 years. It's a long time. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. That's really cool. So, lucky. Yeah. Good role models there. Yes and no, but <laughs> mostly, mostly yes. Yeah. In that regard, absolutely. So, like, you know, I don't think any of us, myself and my sisters, none of us felt favored. Right. Like, we just knew they loved this and that was it. Yeah, so, and that's what matters. And they love each other. So. There you go. What's your most true Mine's, I think that, being on that stage and looking up and, and seeing my parents um, right there was... Um, meant a lot to me, uh, and I think just every like, um, like vacations and stuff. Just anytime like the four of us um, were together, mm -hmm. I just like like to go back there and think about that because they, you know, my parents always like made sure we always had like vacations that we we were together. Mm -hmm. They never like went away. I think the first time they went away without us was when like we were in college. They went away for like a weekend together but like every week it was all of us together and like we were always and so I remember that that my parents always like made sure to let us know like we were loved same as your like we're like we're all like we're a unit we're together we got each other so I like thinking about that stuff Sweet. Um, good god some of these are t okay this page is Jesus uh, what, what number question are we? We're on 18. So uh, where are we time-wise? Uh, it is... Okay, we're not doing bad. Um, what is your most... Oh, what is your most terrible memory? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Why did I wear eye makeup? This is terrible. terrible. <laughs> this is gonna be awful. <laughs> I might go silly with this one. Please, because... please do. So, uh, remember I was telling you how bad I was at sports. Yeah. Um, when I was in the league, and I was playing left field. Uh, and it was hot, it was really hot in the summertime, and it was at this lame little ball field where, which had like little facilities or anything. Oh. Um, and I'm out there just sweating, and nothing was happening. And then, uh, finally, a pop fly came, came to yeah. me, or close to me. <gasps> okay, something to do, something to do, something to do. Great. So I ran out, I jumped, and I made a diving catch, and I caught the ball. Problem was, my other hand went into a big pile of dog poop. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> problem was... There's nowhere to wash it off. No, and the thing is, the, I still have to throw the ball in. With the dog With, with my third hand. And the inning wasn't over, so I had to like stay out there for a while. And then it was thrown And I can't just like stop the game. And then finally, when the inning was over, I remember someone had like a bag of water against the backstop. That was the only water they had. And my friends were laughing at me. And I think I quit t-ball like the next day because. I, don't, I was not good at team sports. <laughs> that was pretty bad. That's really... <laughs> the most embarrassing thing. We'll, we'll put it that way. I'm going with embarrassing. I can't go with the completely <laughs> most worst, most traumatizing. Why not? 
I'm just not going to. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. You know, that's my job during the day, is people tell me traumatizing stuff all the time. Yeah. That was pretty traumatizing. <laughs> I, I, I quit baseball. My poor father. I was like, oh, what are we going to do with this kid? Were they there? Were they watching? Did they see my dad, my dad, I'm sure my dad was there. But no one could tell. I was, you know, like 100 yards away. He had to throw it down. Yeah, to throw it in. You know, that poor oh, pitcher. Right. He had to um, <laughs> Actually, no, it was, I think it was T-ball, so there really was no pitcher. But you threw in a dog from <laughs> Yeah. And I had to stand out there in the hot sun. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty bad. Really sucked. <laughs> Pretty trapped. It was. <laughs> no more team sports after that. Ever. Join no. the swim team. Yeah. You can't get dog poop on Exactly. Burns your can in the wash off really quick. Mine, mine, uh, very quickly, and not mine, uh, is not that. Uh, my mom's death is just the. All the memories surrounding that stuff are like, ah. Because you do the, like, coulda, woulda, shoulda, like, a million times. I'm like, you stop at some point, but for a while you're like, if we'd just done this, or if we'd just done this, it would be different. And it wouldn't. And there's no point. In, and for a while you relive, like, you have a weird selective memory when someone you love dies. Of, like, you only remember every wonderful thing they ever did and every shitty thing you ever said. You're like, one time, when I, like, I was thinking about how my mom used to make my sister and I beautiful Halloween costumes. And she had a private, she was a therapist who worked like a bazillion hours a week, and every Halloween, she had a sewing machine they got as a wedding present, and she would sew us uh, Halloween costumes every year. And my sister always would pick the ones that are like the sexy Leg Avenue themed ones, and my mom would have to like find a way to make them like not sexy for a five-year-old. So one year she wanted to be a French maid. <laughs> so my How old mom, was she? She was like four. And my mom made her a French maid costume that was like appropriate length and like looked like five-year-old, like four-year-old appropriate. And Audrey's like, yeah, this is, yes, this works. Like and then, a little girl in small wonder. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's what she looked like. So she, I felt, when one year we went to freaking Building 19 and they had these polyester cheapo cheerleader costumes. And we were like, we want these. And my mom was so sad because she wanted to make us. So even after she, I kept thinking about that. I was like, what a little bitch I was. Eight. You take those homemade costumes. Yeah. Building 19 costumes. You throw those out the window and you let that woman make you a beautiful costume just like she wants to. <laughs> Alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner and each share five. So I, you, a positive characteristic of you is that you are adventurous and you are willing to take a big risk and fly halfway across the world and just live there. And I think that's really cool. Okay, uh, positive. Uh, I can tell that you really love your family and that you're very close with them and that it sounds like, you know, you definitely put effort into that and a lot of, not everybody does. I would say probably a similar thing for you is that you, you seem to have a lot of regard and respect and admiration for your family members too and appreciation for them. I also like that you went to school in the South, because so did I, and it was, it was good to get away. Yeah. Because um, I think some people get, a lot of people can get stuck with where they grow up and just with the specific attitudes and they don't really open up their eyes.
check out other places. That's something that's really important. Yeah. So, good for you. Thank you. I think it's really cool that you're not afraid of change. That like whatever gets thrown at you, you're kind of like, all right, this is the next yeah. step. This is where I'll go, and this is what I'll do. So that like willingness to be like flexible and change and adapt is a very positive quality. You're welcome. Um, I like that you're into comedy and that you're into making people laugh. I think uh, I've never done stand-up comedy, but he moved to Exeter. I think that's we got it. For me, that would be super hard to great. Just, I think that's very courageous to be able to just completely on your own and get on a stage and be the last. really. Yeah, makes sense. I just think it takes a lot of, uh, just a lot of guts to do that. Because I know you can fall. Yeah, it can go badly. Yeah, it's so fun though. Yeah, and I'm sure when it's going, it's got to be the hardest thing. It is. So that's so we're on four right now, right? Is number four? I think a five. Okay. I think I just did number three. Yes. So four. Uh, oh, I just had one. And I, okay. I think it's really great that you uh, chose a profession that's not easy, and that is really challenging and intellectually engaging and creative, and that you're willing to just like go for that and not like just pick like oh I'll just work at an insurance company because I'm supposed to and everybody does. Like I think it's neat that you went after something. Like different that you're passionate about. I really like that you, through your profession and things that you've done, you know you're helping. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not screwing up all these kids. You are, but no, you're helping people. Like, I know people who it's their job to make lives worse for people. Yeah. And, uh, I can't imagine what you're doing. So, yeah. good for you. Get your help. People Thanks. are going through rough stuff. Thank you. Uh, and then I would say for five, I think it's really cool that you were willing to do this and that you've been like really open and candid and it's been fun talking to you. Kenny's was telling me about some of the other ones and people just had like a hard time. Oh no, this is going to be recorded. People are going to hear, sorry other people, we're better than you guys. Ah. Uh, but I think it's, it takes a lot to be like, hello stranger, I'll just tell you stuff. And it's like, so I think that's really cool that you're like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Do I still have one more? I forget. One more, more and that's it. One more. Okay. Um, I think that you're really passionate about your attack and restaurant. So I, I, I like attack and restaurants. So, very much am. And I'm Irish, but and I love Irishness. Yep. But Italian food is just right. Better than every other kind yeah. of food, yeah. pretty much. Oh, this one's going to be fun. Uh, how do you feel about your relationship with your mother? I have a lot of regrets, hindsight, I think, just because when someone's gone, everything's so final that you are like, oh, if I had known, like the crystal ball thing, if I had known this was going to happen, I would have been more affectionate and warmer to my mom and more appreciative and all that stuff. But as far as the way she treated me, she was an incredible mom. And I was very, very lucky to have her. I just wish, like, if I had more time with her, I would be better to her. That's what I would do. Um, we are on set number three. We're doing good. How many sets are there? I think there's only three. Yeah, we're, oh, we're doing great. Uh, okay. Make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling. We both agree that this question 
Exactly. It's kind of dumb. Yeah, it's, it's, it's poorly worded. It is a poorly worded question. Uh, both like Italian food. Mm-hmm. And we're both wearing shirts that are some variation of purple. Yeah, some kind of maroonish. <laughs> it's accurate. Purple-ish. Yes. You did good. Moving on. Okay. Yeah. All right. Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. More money to pay off my loans. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, can you wait one more time, please? I wish I had someone with oh, whom I, I could, could share, share blank. <laughs> it's like the match game. So we're gonna get do, I want to word it correctly. Uh, I wish I had someone with whom I could share my experiences overseas because when I came back, I didn't have anyone I could really talk to. Yeah. So you have those like, hey, remember when this happens? Everyone's like, no, I wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, and no one around me had for two years. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, those people exist, but they're not. They're, true. they're in Europe. Across, or they're yeah. In Australia or yeah, they're spread out all over. So, you know, thankfully you we have Skype and things like that, but it'd be nice to have someone close at home. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I don't know what I, I, I guess if I would say, if I'm looking at, I think in the context of like looking for relationships, I wish I had someone, I guess I would say at some point I would like to have someone with whom I could share my life, is what I would say. Like I would like to eventually like get married, I think probably, and like have someone who's like a good, like my parents were always a good team. Like, they always had each other's backs, and, like, we're on the same page about that stuff of, like, we're each other's teammate, and I like that. So I, at some point, would like to have that in my life, I would say. Tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time. We didn't lie the first time. Uh, be very honest this time. Say things you might not say to someone you've just met. I saw that. I wasn't being dishonest before. I don't think so either. Honestly, I think we sort of got that. I'm glad I was paired up with you. I think you're really cool, and I'm glad I got to meet you. This isn't an awkward conversation. I'm very glad it's not an awkward conversation. I agree. Unusual, but not awkward. Right. I would agree with that. Okay. Oh, you were share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Other than the dog poop. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> let me think. I also love like, that you would never tell anybody. I'm like, I, I tell this stuff on stage, like, all the time. All the time. I remember, I think it was my junior year of high school, and uh, we. I had kind of a crazy English teacher. She had us all sitting in a circle rather than in rows at the board. And we would always get in these wacky little discussions. Um, and there was this girl who I had known since like elementary school who was sitting next to me. And we used to get into very heated debates about things. And one day, I don't even remember what we ourselves were talking about. Um, but the whole the rest of the class was talking about something completely different. And we just, you know, zoned out. And then at some point, the entire class got quiet, and I was responding to whatever the girl was telling me about. And I said, so what's wrong with that? 
and everyone just their their necks just snapped and stared at me in horror. And like they had been talking about child molestation. Um, what's wrong with that? Yeah. And I had no idea that they were talking about that. <laughs> I think I covered my ass. I think I said, I was talking to Sarah about something. I don't know what you guys were not child molestation. Yeah. Do they believe you? Or they I like, certainly hope they believe me. You don't know about Mike anymore. I, I really hope they believe me. Uh. <laughs> Otherwise, whatever. So that was, I think I covered my ass, but it was pretty embarrassing. But I'm paying for it's pretty good. So I, you know, all of mine. Again, I say them on stage. Okay, this one. I'll just tell this one because I'm I'm going again next weekend. But I I get to do these geek comedy tours. My friend in DC does them, and basically because they were like they wanted a girl, so you do it with us. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I uh, I hooked up with this guy. Uh, who was a, a brony and a furry? Uh, Bronies, like grown man who loves the My Little Pony cartoons, and the furry are like people who want to like dress up as animals. Like he was dressed like a normal, semi-normal person. He had like a, I had a moment where I looked on my night. <laughs> I had a moment where I looked on my nightstand, and I think sometimes you have moments in your life when you're like this is where I am in my life he had put the battery pack for his light up rave t-shirt on my nightstand and I was like this is this is where I am in my life right now okay I'm gonna have to just be okay with that uh, but the thing that was embarrassed I mean it was whatever but like I got the worst hickeys anybody's ever like I saw pictures of them in my phone like from ear to ear all the way across. I'm not exaggerating. I'll show you the pictures. This was a year ago. So I was 29. Yeah, that's weird. It's unacceptable. So, but just ear to ear. I'll, sh I'll show you the picture. Ear to ear. You'd never seen anything like it. Ear to ear. And they didn't go away for a full week. And I only, like, I was embarrassed because I called my sister and I was like, she's a nurse practitioner. And I was like, how do I make hickeys go away? And she's like, I don't, you don't, you, you be over 17. And not get them because you're an adult. And I was like, yeah, but if that doesn't work out, what do you do then? And she was like, how yeah, but you can't. They were too bad. She was like, how bad are we talking? And she was like, oh my god, like freaked out. That's pretty strange. And I, I had to like thank God I had brought the most versatile item in my wardrobe, which is my Bon Jovi concert scarf. So I wore that. Saved my life. So I, but I had to get on a plane, and the TSA was like, ma'am, we need to you know remove your scarf. And I was like, oh. So, I don't want to remove oh, yeah, my yeah. scarf. And they were like, we need you. And then they got really, really suspicious and were like, take the scarf off. Oh, so I God. did. And there was You're like, a terrorist. Oh, yeah, they thought I was a terrorist. So there were like families with little kids or something. And I just looked maimed. And I just, it was so bad. And uh, my boss saw, I, my scarf like shifted. And she asked me if I tried to hang myself. And like, didn't oh, believe Jesus. me. I was like, no, it's hickeys. And she was like, listen, we'll help you. That's what we do here. Oh, and I was like, oh my God. Please don't, please don't put you didn't me. see you again, did you? No. All right, no, good. but I was like, please don't put me in the hospital. It's just hickeys. Yeah. I didn't try. I was so like, please this don't put like me in the hospital. sounds like a very weird guy. He was a weird, weird, he had a power button tattoo on his chest. So that's what you're dealing with here. Just, he loves My Little Pony. He loves My Little Pony. Listen, in my defense, he was very handsome. Okay. That's the only defense I have, but I'm sticking with it. All right, all right.
and I had to look like a CSI murder victim for a week. And my boss, I still am not sure she believes me. Uh, share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back on how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. Do you have your insurance this card? Is the last <laughs> this is the last question. This is the last question. Take out your insurance card. I'll get my evaluation. I have Section 12s in my car. How about you go first on this Okay. So, I have a good friend. For my friend, he and I have been friends for 12 years. He sort of adopted me in college. And we haven't seen each other in, like, probably five months. We just, like haven't talked and I've been sort of a bad friend I think because of that because he was going through stuff with Keith uh, and his boyfriend broke up and they were living together. It was tough and he had like a job change and all this stuff. So I texted him kind of out of the blue and was like, hey, I miss your face. Let's hang out. And he was like, hey, I'm really surprised to hear from you because I haven't heard from you in a long time. I thought you were mad at me. So I, I don't, I don't, we're going to meet up and I don't want it to be awkward. I would love to just like fall back into like, how have you been and what's going on? But I'm afraid that like, I was a shitty friend to him and I don't know how to necessarily fix, like, fix that. So I'm feeling shitty about that. Here's how I would deal with that situation. Because I went through sort of a similar to a buddy of mine who was one of my friends in college. But they're very close buddies. Uh, when I, sorry, I'm looking out the window because there's a cop over there, but he just pulled someone over. Your car's still fine. Yeah. It's good looking out. Thanks. Um, so anyway, uh, when I was living in California, he came out and visited me uh, and my then roommate, and he wanted to, uh, you know, get work and get a job. Yeah. And uh, established himself out there. He came out with like, no plan. Uh, just came out kind of a spur of the thing. And he had, like, I was, you know, I was scraping by yeah. on what I was living on. He wasn't contributing any money, no rent, no, no money towards bills, no nothing. He was just like, basically like crashing on our couch and working on student. Right. And basically had to ask him to leave. Uh, and this was like putting out my best memories, and I felt awful, but it put me in a situation that we should have agreed on things up front. Yeah. But anyway, we didn't talk for like a year. After a while, it's just like, much And then after that, like, we just got to be really good friends again. You know, we don't see each other too often, but like, just the fact that we were talking, it's, it, it's, it rectified itself. And I, now I think back, it's like, yeah, we both kind of went to that situation and it was kind of stupid, but, yeah. you know, I died having his, you know, having one of my best friends more than I did uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, talk to your friend. Just shoot the shit. And it sounds like you didn't even know what the cause of tension really I, he thought I was mad at him because I just hadn't contacted him and I'd just been flaky and I'd been getting like a lot of shows so all my time had been like kind of taken up with shows and stuff. I was just not being a great friend. Well, now's a chance to be a good friend again. So I will. Call him up, talk to him. Okay. But with the Thank second you. half of this, yeah. you ask your partner to back on how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. What? How do I seem to be feeling about it?
Yeah, how do you feel? Well, I think you told me. Yeah. Okay, my turn. Yes. Uh, Tell me problem. your personal problem. Uh, it could be any kind of problem. Well, personal. Uh, I'm not billing for this. Like you're getting a you're getting a master's level clinician. I'm licensed. Right, okay, okay. I'm licensed. So hit me with like heavy stuff. Okay, so about a year and a half ago, um, I started doing this project with a guy who I had met through improv uh, Okay. Anyway, he liked the writing that I was doing, um, and we just thought we'd shoot out some ideas, and uh, we thought it'd be a kind of a cool idea to throw together this little web series. Um, and so we had some brainstorming sessions, and things started to sort of get rolling, and then he before we had any script, before we had anything, he said, boom, we're going to have a Kickstarter campaign to get this going. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and I just sort of went along with it. Uh, you know, we shot a promotional thing for it, um, set a goal, amount of money, and uh, all of it was done in his name, so I had no way to check records on it or anything, and it became more and more very quickly that he had like no production experience and not only that when he I was begging him for scripts because yeah. uh, we had like a small window of time something that had to be like done outside in the summer time yeah and so I you had a window of and time. I was like we had a window of time to do it and we still didn't have like proper scripts and then when he finally sent them to me I love I the um, but we raised the kickstarter it was all there in his name uh. I had no access to any of it and I started hearing from him less and less and less. Uh, and then I know because he was very blabby on Facebook about his, every aspect of his life um, that he was partying all the time and then he got fired twice. Uh, and I had some friends who contributed. Not thankfully, not a whole lot, not a fortune, but you know. But they like, contributed in good faith. That, yeah. Yeah. And anyway, I haven't seen this guy in person for like, well, now it's been like a year and a half. Um, I have, and eventually I was like, I can't do this anymore. I wrote, uh, you know, wrote him an email. I was like, um, I'm too busy. And I was. I got like, when he got fired, I got promoted at my job. So, like, yeah. my, my schedule just went. Yeah. Out the window. I was going to have no time. Like, if we're going to do this, you need to get someone else to produce it because I don't have time. Not doing it, yeah. I don't have time. And eventually it was just like, I got to back out of this. Um, and I said, you know, you can keep the money that I contributed, that I personally contributed, which wasn't much, but I would like X amount of money that my friends contributed so I can, give so I can pay them back. That was about a year ago. Mm. He has not given me any of the back. Did he say he was going to? Yeah, he said he was going to. Put it in writing? Okay, that's writing. Yeah, the last time I talked to him about it September. How much money are you talking about? I think in total. I mean, it wasn't. In total, it was like $3,000. Go to small claims court. I could, but it's like, it's really worth it to... Uh, yeah. So, 
Actually, I gave one of my friends put on fifty. One of my friends put on like fifty dollars for this thing, and I just paid him. Uh, he had forgotten about it because it was such a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but these are people I went to film school with, people who are like done film or professional. Yeah. I didn't want to put in something out. But yeah, that specialist was poor quality. Crap. Yeah, that you didn't want to put your name on. Yeah, and uh, actually, my name's not really on it at all. Good. And nothing ever happened. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I did not go along with that so I could contribute to these guys. Party. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, that was one of the things that I was. So I mean, now I'm wondering. Yeah. So what do I do? But also because of our relationship. But so, like, I mean, I, I already paid, you know, a little bit to my one friend who put up, like, 50 bucks. And it's like, do I harass this guy anymore? Do I just let him lie and, and, you know, pay back what I can? Have you talked to your friends about it? Do you have a list of people who can It's only, like, five people, to be honest. It's a small list. And, I mean, one friend put up, like, 100 bucks. And, yeah, they don't, I haven't spoken to them about it. What if you sent them an email and was just like, hey, I appreciate so much that you guys were willing to put into this, and in good faith, I entered into it too. This is what happened with it. I'm so sorry it happened. I am working on paying you guys back. You'll, chances are, most of them will say, forget about it. Don't worry about it. And I wouldn't well, that's what my friend, he almost refused to Yeah, like, no, take I it. think you'll have people who are like, no, you don't have to pay me back. But I also think they'll appreciate that you're like, hey, listen, I'm really, really sorry this happened. And I didn't ever mean to drag you into something that wasn't, I would never do anything like that. Or just, you know, word it like I would never pull you into something for quality or something like this. I'm really sorry this happened. I think they're going to know you well enough that they're going to understand, like, if you just come out and say, hey, this is why I haven't talked to you about it. I've been spending this much time trying to, to connect with this person to get your money back. This is why the project didn't happen. So they don't just think you were just like, oh, I'm not doing it anymore. Thanks for the money. Yeah, so you could let them know that like this person put it in. I would just be honest with them and be like, here's everything that happened. And I'm really sorry it happened. And my goal would be to pay you guys back. You'll likely have them be like, no, don't worry about it. But thanks for telling us. Sounds reasonable. And that guy sucks, and I'm really sorry that happened. What's the second half of that? <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about what? Oh, you, yeah. I mean, you told, you, I mean, you're disappointed that it happened, and the way it sort of reflects on you and the kind of person you want to be is not someone who, like, oh, whatever, I took your money, I don't care if it didn't work out. Like, if someone, if people are giving you something, you want it to be towards what you promised them, and you want to be able to follow through on that. Which is good. Unlike that jerk. See, you're even giving him the benefit of the doubt, which is nice. I'd be like, that guy, I can't believe yeah, he... I'm saying that now because yeah, I have like, exactly. whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> um. So now that you've done it, what would you say your experience was like? Oh, I thought it was really fun. I thought uh, you picked someone really, really cool for me to meet. Uh, and I really enjoyed meeting him. So you did like a great job with that. For At least from my end, I thought he was really cool. Um, and the questions were... Some of the questions we're super repetitive, like 400 different times say what you like about each other, and we're like, we've, we don't know each other well, we don't like anything else. Uh, and then the death ones kept, because a lot of the ones were like, talk about your mother and your family, and like my mom had died, so a lot of my answers were like, yep, my mom died, and all that stuff, so then it was like, oh, yep, more, let's talk more about, you know, some death, there's more death, and uh, here's, an, oh, here's another question about your house burning down, so that's fun. Like some of those, I was like, why are you doing this to me? 
So part of the experiment involves two people staring into each other's eyes for four minutes straight. So clearly we didn't just record silence during that part, but here's what they thought. And how would you describe the experience of staring into someone else's eyes for four minutes? Neither of us were very good at it. On my side, because I have contacts, and it's very dry around <laughs> here. And I think we're both just sort of giggly, smiley people. We had trouble not saying anything or keeping a straight face. Okay. Oh, I was terrible at it. I kept talking, and like we kept looking away. We didn't do a very good job on that. I would say we were A-plus question answerers <laughs> and like D-minus starers. But it's an interesting experiment, I think. All right. And I'll be interested to hear your findings okay. based on your experiences and your interviews. All right. Well, that's the... I don't end. think we're ready to get married yet, <laughs> but... Um, okay. That's it. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. Stop.